Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Hey, good morning again. My name's Gene. Um, I'm part of the team here at Restore. This is Brenda. And um, we'll get to these guys in a second. So, hey, I want you to know that over the last three weeks, this is week number three, we have been in this series called Family. The first week was Family Troyer. Brenda and I talked about the place we are in life with adult children and how do we now go about shifting and uh, moving a different direction in our parenting. The challenge of that. So we talked about all of that week one. And then week two, last week, We uh, had family Kearns up here. So Jordan and Krista came and talked to you about the middle school age and uh, the propensity toward busyness, especially during that time period of how difficult it is to manage priorities and to actually uh, lean into the present moment and how easy it is to forget that we have today. Let's focus on today. And our, our thinking often is, out there somewhere. Okay, we're going to the next thing. So this morning, uh, we have these two couples up here that are going to help us talk about what it is to be parents of elementary school children, the challenges of that. And um, we've entitled this, uh, It's Elementary. And the, the, uh, the- Is that a dad joke? No, no, I'm not done with the dad joke yet. Oh. Here it comes. You ready? <laughs> Sherlock Holmes is credited with this comment or this statement that he would always say to Watson. He would say, it's elementary, my dear Watson, right? Well, it's not elementary. It is the elementary age group, but there's a double meaning here, which simply is, this is hard work. It is not elementary. It is some of the most intense time uh, of parenting that you'll ever have. Right, I actually had uh, interesting timing, right? In the past week, three separate conversations with moms who are in the thick of it. (laughs) They are overwhelmed, overstimulated, and exhausted. And uh, feeling a whole lot of mom guilt on top of that. So I was able to assure them that this is normal, like, and you're not alone. I think that's the important part, you're not alone. Because I think as young moms, if y'all are thinking this, I wanna just relieve you of this, but like you should be able to do all this and you shouldn't you know, enter all of those things. Like, why can't I do this? Um, but you're not alone, your feelings are valid, but um, also know it's the hardest work you're ever gonna do. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually the most rewarding. So something to remember while you're in the thick of it. All right, so let's get some introductions. We'll start with you, Emily. She's our master's representative this morning. Oh my gosh, I told you her I was going to do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Emily, tell us who you guys are. And uh, let's see, what all do we want to know? We want to know like your names, occupations, kids, kids' ages. Okay. That'd be great. Okay. Um, I'm Emily. This is my husband, Corey. I guess I'll talk for you. Okay. okay. Um, we have two girls. Finley is six and a half. And I feel like at this age, the half is really important. <laughs> um, and Harper is, she just turned four. Um, I am a full-time nurse. 
and Corey works for Family Business Pouring Concrete. Very Thank well. you. Brooke, are you the spokesperson? I'm going to speak for Okay, us. all right. So I'm Brooke, and this is my husband, Kevin. Um, we're the Millers, and we have four littles, um, 10, 9, 7, and going to be four. They all just had birthdays, so this is hard. Um, <laughs> I am a full-time stay-at-home mom, and Kevin is an engineer at Zimmer Biomet and works from home. Excellent. Very good. Very well. Well, what a pleasure it is to have you guys join us up here. And they don't do it with um, all kinds of bravado either. Like I'm telling you, like this is hard work to get up here and talk about things that um, can be a very uh, difficult to talk about sometimes, especially when we're right in the middle of it. So what I want to just say this morning is we're all practitioners. We're not the experts up here, but we practice this thing of parenting, whether we're practicing with adult children, whether it's, you know, elementary or middle school, whatever it is, whatever stage you're in, we're practitioners. And um, I love the way Shauna Nequa says this in her book. I guess I haven't learned that yet. She says, we're all new. We're not, fa we're not failing, but we're learning. And it's exhausting and fun and humbling and hard. And I can't think of a better way to start this conversation but just to acknowledge that it is humbling. Just wait. If you're a young couple that has this pristine idea of what it's like to raise children, it's humbling and it's difficult and hard. So uh, that's how we'll launch into this. Uh, I would love to just pray uh, as we start this conversation. So if you would, just join me as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning. We are humble and we are uh, uh, keenly aware of our need for you. So we come before you and we ask God that you would inform every word that is spoken, every thought that is had, and that this time would not be a, a thing of just gathering information, but it would be a time where we would... Uh, experience each other deeply, that we would experience you deeply, and that we would be refreshed, that we would have joy and, and new insight as we, uh, as we work through this message this morning. Would you be glorified and honored in all that we do? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So we think that some of the questions we might have, as Brendan and I can attest to this, we've had these questions of what in the world do we do with this responsibility of parenting? Like, how do we even start? These kids don't come with, like, owner's manuals, you right? So sometimes it's simply an exercise in discovery. Because usually when we, I mean, our experience, my experience was, just when I thought I had it figured out with Cody, Morgan changed everything. Like, yeah. she didn't do things the same way. So the things that I thought I knew, I no longer knew. Mm -hmm. So it's this constant uh, learning. So parents have constant to learning. do something to uh, differently with each child because you want to raise healthy, well-adjusted children. So how do you do this? Is there a foolproof method that will ensure success? And I know we've all got the Google these days. And so we can just get online and we can say, well, the Google says, and we, we researched it, and this is is what it says, and there's some value in that, but there's also the hands-on experience that tells you something entirely different sometimes than what the experts will tell you. So let's jump in, and uh, we're not going to do this in any particular order in terms of who speaks when. Just you guys, ladies, need to let the guys talk a little bit, all right? Make sure that happens. 
So what have you been learning? And so you have several options to answer here. Maybe you want to answer all of them. But what have you been learning about yourself, about God, about your kids? Or perhaps, maybe it's about what your kids have been teaching you. So tell us where you're at with this. I'm going to go first only so I don't forget my answer. (laughs) I've been working this week on this because I have to give a little background so that I can get to the point where you understand what I'm learning. about 10 months ago, I did the 360 challenge, and on the second week of that, it's a, it's a program where you get to go um, into a deeper connection with God and build intimacy. And what I realized is that I've went 32 years of my life um, without a relationship with Holy Spirit. And so hmm. by entering that, I then was allowed to see my God-given identity. And since then, he's been breathing into our marriage, into our friendships, into our parenting, And I would say before this moment, for the last 10 years of our parenting and 12 years of our marriage, we've had this this feeling like we wanna do things differently. We have a lot of communication about how we were um, brought up and that we wanted to create an atmosphere that was different for our children. And so when Holy Spirit entered into this for us, there was this awareness of what we were desiring for our children and for our home, and that was generational blessing. Mm. And so what I'm learning, in um, particular to parenting, is God is really calling me out of a season of just caregiving for my children, just keeping them alive, which is hard, (laughs) Um, and into kind of this coaching and teacher posture of my heart and allowing this vulnerability, God, like Holy Spirit's been speaking vulnerability like crazy to both Mm. of us individually. And so being vulnerable with our children and allowing them to walk in our struggles, to see mom and dad aren't perfect. I think we both received shells of our parents. And as we've done this thing of parenting, realize like, oh, they weren't perfect and they had issues and we just didn't get to see them and we're gonna address them. So I'm just learning what vulnerability looks like um, with younger children and also allowing them to be equipped with a relationship with Holy Spirit mm-hmm. from an early age and helping them really discover who God says they are before they get into the world and the world tries yes. to tell them differently. So good. Let me just also say that Kevin and I had a conversation um, at a coffee shop soon after you uh, began this journey and, um, and he was like, you guys are both different people as a result of your hard work. So I just really uh, affirm that in both of you. Um, what I've really been learning is the amount of daily brain power it takes to raise a kid. Like there's no autopilot. And if you try yeah. to use your autopilot, they have little brains and they'll take it off and ruin the night. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think what I'm learning right now there there are so many parenting with littles is always about the next new stage like there's always a new stage there's a new you know then you go to school and then you do what is it like to have summers off of school and um i think for me some of those changes and those uncertainties are very um, anxiety provoking very fear provoking for me and i was recently reminded again just there was some situations in our um one of our girls is having just really um, a lot of difficulty processing some emotions and Corey and I feeling like we don't really know how to help her through that. So like, you know, where is the manual? 
Mm -hmm. Um, and I was praying about that and I just felt like God reminded me once again that, and I I should back up a little bit because I was turning to some, there's so many good resources out there, right? Like there's, there's so many good social media accounts and there's so many good bloggers and I mean all of those things. And I was turning, I found that I was turning to some of those things as like, just in such desperation. And I felt like the Lord convicted me and saying, turn to me. And I felt like he reminded me that, um, he chose me to be their mom. He chose us to be their parents. Mm -hmm. And so that, so he is going to give me what I need. And I think that has helped provide, I mean, certainly I'm like in the moment, I'm sometimes like, okay, Lord, like, what do I say? Um, but if nothing else, I think it's taken away that edge of fear and anxiety and just uncertainty that mm-hmm. comes with some of those changes. So I think that's probably what I would say. I'm Good. Excellent. Okay. So uh, just to kind of build on what Brooke was sharing about um, being vulnerable with our kids, one, one area that I've really noticed uh, that we need to work is just the way our kids handle offense and uh, how quickly they jump to anger. And we've really been trying to explore, you know, why, why is that? Um, and it's been very convicting because I think what I've realized is that a lot of times they're following the example that I'm setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm saying one thing, I'm teaching them about Jesus and then I'm doing a whole nother. And, uh, it's, um, very convicting, and you realize that you're um, being a hypocrite. And, you know, we, we, we talked about, um, or Gene opened with, like, it's elementary. Like, these are elementary kids. Like, the things that I'm getting angry and upset about are, like, the mess on the floor, or you didn't eat your dinner. Like, these are things that shouldn't um, anger you, but uh, they do. And, 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 and so I've been convicted of that. It's pushed me to explore and ask, you know, why, why is that? And, and better understand offense. Um, and believe it or not, Jesus has a lot to say about offense. And uh, he has every right uh, to be angry at me. Uh, but that's not what he chooses, right? He chooses grace and forgiveness. And uh, if that grace and forgiveness is truly in my heart, then I should have that for my kids as well. And so I've been really, really, really trying to uh, get my heart centered on that, example it, but more than anything, and this is where the vulnerability comes in, is let my kids into that struggle. Mm. Let them see that I, I am a hypocrite <laughs> and I do struggle with anger just like they do. Mm-hmm. And that uh, this, this whole pursuit of, of God and, and, and trying to replicate his grace and mercy for us is, is um, really important to help them grow cl- have a relationship with Jesus as well. Mm-hmm. Do you ever imagine that this whole parenting gig was as much about us learning about God <laughs> as it was like us learning how to be parents or learning how to teach our kids and raise them. Um, so next question, is there anything that you wish you would have known in order to prepare yourself for having kids? You cannot prepare. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think there's a lot of, there are so many, 
yeah, just again, resources. But when you're expecting your first child, everybody has a lot of really good ideas um, about what worked for them or whatever. I think the best advice that I ever got was really kind of in line with what I just shared that God chose me. Um, but I also think, I, I think about what am I going to um, tell or talk to uh, young couples that are expecting for the first time, what do I, if I could say, you know, if they asked me what would be one piece of advice, I think, um, I mean, it's very much a partnership, but I think there's very little time spent on um, talking to women about their identity as a mom and um, just the difficulty that that can become. Um, and so I would, I would just, I think that would be my advice to encourage women to really just be aware um, of, of that struggle um, and standing, I guess I would want to be the person that would stand beside them then mm -hmm. and, and support and say, I get it. I was, I am not the mom I thought I was going to be when I was pregnant with Finley. So anything else over here? Add to that? Um, oh, Corey's over here. I would also say like uh, strong communication and a a group of close people that are willing and able to help you when you need it. I mean, there's been days where I have to work late, Emily gets stuck at work, we have to find somebody to pick up our girls from daycare. Mm -hmm. So having a strong group of people around you to support you when you need it. Yeah, that's really good. I didn't have an answer for this question um, until I started really thinking that I wish that I would have been aware of how important faith is before going into parenting and then how important that faith in your marriage is mm -hmm. before entering parenting because nothing will make you question your faith or your marriage more than children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but other than that, like there was no advice that you were going to give me. And I don't know if you can resonate with this ladies. There was no advice you were going to give me that was going to actually prepare me for that moment because I wanted to experience it for myself. There's nothing that can prepare you for how you're going to view your body after you have a child. There's nothing, no matter how many times people say that sex and marriage is gonna be different. Um, there's nothing that can prepare you for how you're going to react when you're hormonal and sleep deprived. And so um, I think a lot what Emily said is, and what Corey, like building a community around you that will just, um, maybe not just offer up unsolicited advice, but just be there for you. And um, that's one thing as I think of transitioning into grandmotherhood one day is that less talking, more listening, and just <laughs> being there. Oh, you got some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess what I would add is to Brooke's point, I think we've heard this a couple times now, is that there's not like this magic thing that you can tell somebody. Um, but what I have found is that God is not gonna leave you alone, that he will equip you. He, he's giving you these, in our case, four kids. Like that's such a huge thing, right? And he didn't just plop them into your life and, and walk away. Like he put them in your care for a reason. And he's gonna equip you with exactly what you need when you need it. And so to just, to just rest in that and have faith that you can, you can trust that. Uh, that's, I think that's an area that we've really grown in the last year or so. Mm -hmm. Excellent.
That's so good. You know, um, we talk about uh, God's um, giving us exactly what you need, what we need. That's what you just talked about. And we can say that, well, well how do we find that? How do we, how do we get that kind of input? And um, we can point to scripture, but um, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot specifically about parenting. The Bible says a whole lot though about how we prepare ourselves individually for this role of parenting. And when the fruit of the spirit is something that is being produced in us, that is a powerful and necessary component of being stellar parents is to know that God is doing this work inside of us. He's producing that fruit inside of us. And y'all know that you need a lot of love and joy and patience in the hardest of days. Those are the, that's the fruit that is so necessary to, that, it, that it begins to be harvested as you uh, interact with your kids. Because we all come to this with a certain level of expectations. And we have these great intentions and we can be overly forceful sometimes in our projecting on our kids what we expect from them. And sometimes we have this specific idea of how we hope that they'll turn out. And then we have these expectations that can be very difficult to live up to. Difficult or even impossible. You know, I, I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago when we talked, Gene, that I wish I had known that me trying to control the narrative and the environment mm -hmm. and just keep everything, it was, pointless. It was not productive. I was making us all miserable, including myself, including the kids, with all of my expectations. And these were expectations that my kids simply did not have the capacity to meet. Mm -hmm. So we all just end up frustrated and miserable. So in Ephesians chapter 6, let me just draw our attention to this scripture. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4, Paul writes the, these words. He says, fathers, and it could be translated parents, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Now, if you've been around church very long, that can be a passage of scripture that you can just pass by. And yep, I've heard that before. And I'm trying my hardest to do this. But here's the thing. Uh, Paul wrote this within a certain context, and it was within the, that ancient church, that ancient community, where fathers and parents were the final authority, especially fathers were like the final authority. They were authoritarian figures in the family. So this was brand new information. This, um, this information that Paul gives us, and this, this mandate basically to, hey, don't provoke your kids, was given, and, and it was this idea that we should consider our children in how we parent them. This was absolutely new, it's revolutionary. And so what he's doing here is saying, hey, don't goad your children into a state of like perpetual resentment. If your kids can't measure up to your expectations, they're going to eventually resent this. And 
we need to caution, Paul is cautioning us, hey, don't make unreasonable demands or don't overcorrect them all the time. Otherwise, discouragement's going to set in and a sense of never meeting the expectations is going to bring a level of disillusionment and um, often it brings emotional insecurity in the process. So Paul's reminding us, hey, treat your children with tenderness. I remember a stage when the kids were young when I felt like all that was coming out of my mouth was no, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, no, stop, don't. It was all negative. And I remember having to think, okay, I have to figure out how to say yes mm -hmm. today. It was like the hardest thing because we're, we're supposed to raise that, right? To, to show them how to do things. But when it felt like it was always negative, it was like, it was exhausting. Yeah, I remember that was a light bulb moment in our parenting when you, when you started moving that direction because uh, I too, I mean, we were both in the same camp. We were firstborns and um, we knew what we expected of our kids and however unrealistic it was, um, you guys are both firstborns too, yeah. So one of the big things about parenting is not only uh, right-sizing our expectations, but it is also how do we, how do you, Go about disciplining. Like, that's a fun topic, isn't it? Proverbs 29, uh, Solomon wrote these words. He says, discipline your children, and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. I cannot say that was my experience. I don't think there was any peace and gladness when it came to discipline. Not the process of discipline, but we... Can, are, are, we can attest to the fact that when you provide framework, boundaries, and expectations around uh, your children, reasonable expectations, we finally got there. They weren't reasonable originally, but we finally got there. When you have that, the end result is healthy, whole adult children. And what you said about expectations being reasonable, mine were that my kids would be perfect. And... They weren't, so anyhow. And I, and I also found that some of the ways that um, I tried to discipline didn't seem to work. So we would try one thing, and I will not give you an example, but there's a really funny example that might really make Cody upset, so I won't say it. Um, but we had to kind of, you try things, and then you try something else. So what are some, um, what's, whys, hows, don'ts of discipline um, that have proven to be effective for you guys, and then maybe some that you'll never do again. Any, any, yeah? So I have a pretty strong conviction for this one. Um, so with this Holy Spirit like presence in our lives and this idea of creating generational blessing, it's really highlighted, um, like when we had our first son, Kaysen, if you know him, he's a typical firstborn type A. And so we did what we were modeled and we spanked. And we both had a lot of shame and guilt around that, um, but probably didn't communicate that well about it. And so we just kind of shamed each other. <laughs> um, and so now just, I could look back hindsight and see how God was working on our hearts. But I came across one day a sermon about um, how the generations before have gotten and misinterpreted in Proverbs where spare the rod, spoil the child. And that was one that was used for me in validation of why they did what they did to me. Mm -hmm. And so 
as I listened to the sermon, one thing that he helped me understand is that as a shepherd, which is what we are of our children, the rod and the staff actually is meant to protect them and it's meant to guide and steer them. And so it's all coming full circle for me as God's calling me into this teacher posture of that discipline is actually harder for the one that's doing it than it is the one receiving. And so on the days that I have the bandwidth and the capacity, and let me tell you, it's like 10% of the time, I tried to, when I'm seeing some, a child acting on anger, pulling them aside and saying, A, let's identify what's going on and why, and really coaching them through it and giving them examples of where I've struggled with that too. Um, and then if I don't have the bandwidth or capacity, it's more just like redirection. Um, and that works really well with my littles. And a 10-year-old is throwing us for a loop of what works. And I will say, like when we take the time and we discipline how a shepherd would, their sheep of guiding and steering, we reap the reward. Mm -hmm. He has this light bulb moment of like, oh, and we're not shaming and allowing that generational thing to continue. Mm -hmm. Um, but this will be interesting as teenage years approach. So yeah. we're open to advice there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, to kind of build on what Brooke was saying with, with Kaysen especially, I feel like he's kind of our, we learn stuff on Kaysen and we apply it to the rest <laughs> of them. But that's why the oldest kids are the way they are. Yeah, they, <laughs> that's, that's true. It'll probably be messed up. Uh, you know, like, like I started with this idea of, of anger is something that we deal with a lot and like disciplining out of anger and immediately taking action. It feels really good and puts you in a place of power, but it's uh, not what we're called to. And, you know, this is just kind of a recent thing for us, but trying to pause and make the decision that yes, I'm offended that Kaysen, you're beating on your brother over a popsicle, but <laughs> we're gonna take, we're gonna take this opportunity to talk through a decision and we're gonna make it uh, the way Jesus would, right? He, he has all kinds of things that should offend him that he chooses not to let him or not to let offend him. And, you know, the other day I just, we, we went through this with Kaysen. It was like the very next day he was at it with his sister or his brother about something. And I just remember him looking at it and it was like, I looked at him, he looked at me, and it was like, remember what we talked about yesterday? I didn't even have to say it, mm -hmm. but I could see it in his face. He still made the decision to beat on his brother or sister, but I remember thinking like, you know what? I just, I was so thankful in that moment, even though he made the bad choice, but he had to make the choice. Mm -hmm. He knew that there was a decision. It wasn't just, I'm offended, I'm angry, and I'm gonna act out. He had to make that decision. I just thought, yeah, we still got a long way to go, but what a beautiful thing that Jesus was in his heart mm -hmm. and he had to pause for a moment, still make the bad decision, but I knew that he had to make the decision. So that, that felt like progress to me. And, mm -hmm. um, just a kind of affirmation. Yeah, a it was, it was, a, it was a win moment as yep, a dad. For yeah. sure. That's so good. I, I wish that, that there was like a list of, you know, that I could have a list like, this is what we do for discipline, this is what works, this is what hasn't. Um, but I think when you, when you come into being a parent, you're bringing two people that for us were disciplined differently. Um, and 
so you're trying to figure out, well, what do I do I want to do or what does work? And then you kind of figure out what works for the first kid and then it doesn't work for the second one. So then you're just figuring that out all over again. So I'm just curious, did you guys talk about it before you had kids, how you were going to discipline? Yeah, you do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess we did a little bit. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of some of those areas are kind of gray. <laughs> Yeah, I think we, I think we, at the very minimum, acknowledge that we were, we grew up with different um, approaches to discipline. And so what was, oh, I, I am remembering this. So what was, you know, was there parts of that that were, that he would imagine being non-negotiable for him, parts that would be non-negotiable for me. So, yeah, I think it, it's been interesting. And I, and I don't think that we have those lists because I think we're still working on it and still mm -hmm. learning and, yeah. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. You get to... Uh, you get to uh, kind of change course in the middle of this if you need to. Right, right. And I think even like, you know, learning, seeing like, oh, they reacted really poorly to that. So why? And really evaluating like, why did they act poorly to that? Getting to the bottom of, of that and then doing something different. And I think also the other thing that has helped Corey and I is wanting to acknowledge um, and be aware of our girls' feelings because there's so much that's like, oh, that doesn't need to, you know, don't, you don't need to be upset about that. Well, but why were they upset about that? And so that kind of can cross over to discipline too, I think, when you're like, well, why did you hit her with, you know, the stuffy or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. Good. Thank you. That's all really good. So you're already alluding to this, but uh, part of this process of, um, right-sizing expectations, determining how we're going to discipline our children is part of the training process. And again, the writer of Proverbs writes, train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Okay, so again, this is one of those passages of scripture that are relevant and true to our experience sometimes because we all know that the way that we raise and train two children they come from the same home. They have this, many of the same experiences. Does not ensure that both of them will grow up to be ex who you thought they would be or you, who you hoped they would be. So there's no surefire method of, uh, you know, the, to do this and expect certain results. The only thing you can do is do what you're doing right now, which is to lean into what, uh, God is teaching you what the Holy Spirit is teaching you. Lean into that. And, um, you know, it sounds kind of crazy to say, but hope for the best. Because honestly, many times, the, the significant part is, are you paying attention to what God's doing inside of you in the process? And then how does that flow out into your kids? And you're already doing that. And I just want to affirm that. Like this is these are, uh, and I didn't know this necessarily about them when we asked them to come up here and talk. I just knew they were in this stage of life and it was significant and important, but I love that you're in this process already. And we are going to uh, need to skip forward a little bit, uh, but I do wanna ask, um, many times parents struggle with knowing at what age do my kids get to start making decisions? Where are you at, at your age, uh, the age your kids are with, um, and again, remind us, Finley and Harper are? Four and six. Four and six, and yours range from 10 to? Four. 
10 to four. So similar, okay. So where are you at with decision-making for your kids? Well, um, Harper today is wearing spink, pink sparkly princess shoes. I saw those. Yeah. <laughs> and that was her decision? Oh yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we have about two dresses we wear all week. Yeah, and um, just the one pair of shoes. So you are picking your battles. Yeah, I, yeah. I, was, I mean, it's a funny example, but it's a good example because mm -hmm. I feel like she wants, she's very much wanting to make those decisions. And I have so many very cute clothes, <laughs> so many. I'm like, can't you just wear this? This is very cute. This is like, you know, it's brand new from Finley because Finley only wore dresses at this age. Um, so, so yeah, it's like letting go of those expectations or that idea like, okay, it really doesn't matter. She's got a really cute dress on today. If you see her, she loves her shoes. And she was like, no, I need to wear these because I have never worn them to church. And I'm like, yes, you did two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, but anyway, yeah, I think those, are, like recognizing what's age appropriate for mm -hmm. her. Right. Um, yeah, and I think the, also the difficulty with Finley and Harper making decisions is Finley is ready to make some decisions that are a little bit more mature. But Harper is very much in that like, well, why can't I do that? And she's very much aware that Finley gets to do things. So kind of navigating that has been kind of interesting and um, challenging to say, like, how do you help Harper understand you? Sometimes you just can't. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it gives me a lot of grace. Um, my parents are here today, but it gives me a lot of grace for you guys, mom and dad, for when, you know, you let... Um, me or the other kid or kids or whatever do something that the other it just gives a new perspective mm -hmm. for why you made some decisions and you just said just because <laughs> <laughs> today it's just because yeah i think we all have a lot of grace for our parents when we hit different stages that we're like oh this is harder than i thought it was mm -hmm. going to be not as easy as it looked about you guys decisions um so we have a wide range i would say so we have that um, picking our battles as far as that. But I would say I want to kind of brag on Kevin for a second. Um, he has really helped instill in our older children this choice of how they're going to use like their birthday money and their Christmas money. And so he set up our own little Miller bank account kind of deal. And so he's really coaching them through like this idea of opportunity cost. If you spend it on this, then you can't do this. And it's, it's simple, right? Like, um, but it's helping them understand and manage finances, which is like another huge component of marriage and parenthood. Um, but then it's giving them that freedom mm -hmm. of choice and then allowing them to see that there's opportunity costs in everything. There's opportunity costs in your relationship with your brother. Like if you put him in a headlock, he's probably not gonna wanna play with you in an hour. So like, <laughs> just, it's really, it started out so simple and it's like growing into this thing where we can go back to that example and so. Good, that's really good. So um, yeah, we're going to, uh, wrap this up. Worship team, you guys can come up, uh, make your way up. Uh, so what we want to do is, uh, first of all, uh, the significance of being intentional with your parenting. You're already, you're speaking to this. It's so good. But all of us in the house need to know this. Those of you online, like intentional work with parenting is so important. Brendan and I are learning what it means to be intentional about our grandparenting. Like we're doing things differently than with our grandkids than we necessarily did with our kids. Older, wiser, I don't know, but it all plays into it. 
Um, also, don't lose yourselves in the process. And we've talked about that a little bit. But making time for you and your spouse. You guys, I know you guys do some things on a regular basis. And uh, that is so significant. A reminder, this isn't elementary. There's nothing elementary about it. This is such an important time. And your kids need to see that you're investing in each other just as you're investing in them. Right. This whole thing of intentional parenting and not losing yourself in the process, mm -hmm. that's, that's very, very difficult. Um, to not confuse your role as mom and dad, but recognizing those are simply, those are roles that you're playing while God is growing you. Mm -hmm. And um, growing you into the person that he created you to be uh, for the work he needs you to do. And I think his plan's kind of ingenious, right? That he, um, that he does it like this in the whole family structure, but it's only ingenious if we actually see it mm -hmm. and realize it for what it is. The other thing I wanna just say to all of us is that um, whether, whatever stage of life you're in, I, I read a quote recently, uh, where, or I heard someone say this, that uh, the greatest form of child neglect is for parents not to live into the potential that God has put in them. That struck me deeply to know that our kids, you know they're watching you all the time. Our kids are watching us. They're observing. They're seeing what we're doing. And if we live into the potential of greatness that is in us, our kids will likely follow suit. But when we say, oh, I, I'm, I can't do that, or that's too difficult, too hard. Some things are, I know that. But if we're being courageous in our parenting, it is reflected, first of all, in how courageously we're living as the adults of the home. And how our kids see that is going to, is going to put them on a trajectory of either greatness, or it's going to put them on a trajectory of limitedness. And I want you to hear that. This isn't about your own effort so much as it is about releasing your lives again to the surrender, to surrendering our lives to Jesus and allow his spirit to keep just pouring into us. His resources are limitless. They are here for the asking, for the taking, for the receiving. Would you stand with us? You know, your role as mom and dad is this divine way of, of you being able to understand God's love for you. It's not a mean trick to make you feel insufficient and inadequate and all of those things, but it's an amazing way, this whole thing of parenting, it is an amazing way that we can change the world. Like as we pour into our kids, this God-inspired intentional parenting um, helps your kids to know who they are. Mm -hmm. And, and to and understand the value that they have and understand what love really is. Okay, couple of rapid fire questions. Do you have your, oh, no, oh, you mask. gave your mic away? Okay, at, at what age will your kids be able to date? Okay, too fast. Too, uh, when they're married, I don't know. When they're married. <laughs> no, it's dating Never. first and then getting married. Okay. You, All right, y'all need to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> at what age do your girls get piercings? Already did. She was three. I, I held her off as long as possible. What about the boys? Ne never. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I said ten. Corey goes no. Whenever they decide. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so, um, when can they have phones? 
when they have a vehicle. And it's going to be a dumb phone, like the flip kind that where you have to like put in. Each. I will check back with you in two years. Says the uh, voice of that doesn't have experience in okay, that. Okay, a long time from now. I okay, <laughs> all right. When can your girls wear makeup? She already does. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's I tell her she's not allowed to go out of the house with it, yeah. but she sneaks it. How's that like working? Like without it on or? Without it on. Like she can't go out of the house with makeup on, but if we're staying home, okay, she gotcha. can put that mascara on and rock that. She wears lipstick. You'll right. notice her yeah. in the hallway I, I just do by let the them, lipstick. Yeah, lipstick is kind of the thing that they can, you know, well, if you're going to, you can look goofy out there with lipstick on, but then we also do dance, so we have to do some makeup around right. that time of year, so th right, that's right, like right. kind of special, but yeah, right, I, right. I'm, I'm good with it. <laughs> can we thank these four for their bravery this yeah. morning? Thank you. So the significance of mornings like this um, is that we get real-world experience uh, and the conversation about what is truly happening during these elementary years through each stage of life. We'd be remiss this morning if we didn't invite you. If you are a parent this morning and you're in the thick of it and you really want to change things, Maybe this morning you're just feeling the weight of parenting. Maybe this morning you're feeling the weight of grandparenting. I hope you hear the hope in this message. I hope you feel the energy around. We can do things differently. So our prayer ministry team is going to be in the front this morning and we'd love to pray for you because the key to these conversations You've heard it this morning. You need community. We need people around us. We need support. And this is one of the ways that we can help is by praying for each other. And so we invite you to come up during these uh, next songs. As we worship, we invite you to come and just receive a word of blessing and receive prayer. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.